Welcome to Worm, a parahuman radio serial. This series is a fan project paying tribute to Wild Bo's web serial Worm and contains graphic violence, strong language, and adult subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. In 1982, a man with extraordinary powers appeared over the Atlantic Ocean, ushering in a new era of heroes and abominations. Across the world, people began to develop powers of their own, turning them upon the world in violent and destructive ways. So began, began the age of parahumans. This is the story of Brockton Bay, 30 years later, an American city dominated by the villains of this age. was being poisoned by people with smiles on their faces. Fake. Pretending to be happy, pretending to be cheerful. But I had spent enough time here to know that my friends and my family would be crying the second they thought they were out of earshot. So when my mom came to check on me, I just pre pretended to be asleep. Becca, you awake? You've been so brave, my little superhero. You've been trying so hard, you deserve better. Just like that, from the tone and the word choice, I knew I was dying. My mother didn't even bother to console me as she left. I just sat there, watching the cityscape as tears puddled on my pillow. Do you need morphine? I'm going to increase the drip just a little, Rebecca Costa Brown. Who? You're, you're not one of my doctors. No, Rebecca. Not yet. Are you one of the doctors that takes care of people that are dying? Who are you then? Shh. Lower your voice. It would be a shame if the nurses happened to come by and eject me. So, you're not supposed to be here? No. To answer your question, I'm a doctor, but not one that works in this hospital. I'm more of a researcher and scholar than anything else, and I came to make you an offer. Shouldn't my mom be here for this? Normally, yes, when dealing with a minor, but this is a private deal, just for you. I don't understand. You've heard about the superheroes on the television? Yeah, there's like a bunch, 20 or something. No less than 50 now. They're appearing all over the world, with thousands upon thousands estimated to appear by the turn of the millennium. I confess I have something of a hand in that, which is why I'm here. You make superheroes appear? I make superheroes, but it's not easy. The risks are high. Contessa, the files? A teenage girl opened a folder and pulled out a bunch of pictures. A man with a gnarled, with gnarled skin like the wood of a tree, a woman with tentacles everywhere, a beetle man, a boy with skin that seemed to melt like wax, a burned husk of a body, and a little girl without eyes. Right now, in the early stages of my project, only one in seven succeed. Two of those seven die. Four experience unfortunate physical changes. They're monsters. Yes. Yes, they are. But of those seven, statistically, there's one who experiences no major physical changes, who gains powers. All anyone has to do is drink one of my formulas. And I've stumbled on a little side benefit, Rebecca. I mix those potions a certain way, and it not only helps reduce the severity of any physical changes, but it also has a restorative effect. The body heals, sometimes just a little, sometimes a great deal. I think we could heal you. Heal me? I'm not asking for money, only that you take this leap of faith with me and help me build something. I know the risks are great, I wouldn't normally ask someone to face them, but I suspect you don't have much left to lose. If... if it was just this, 
If you were offering to save my life and make me one of those monsters, I'd, s I'd still accept. I think we can mark this as a success. I opened my eyes. I'd seen something fragmented but profound, but it slipped away. So, I'm not a monster now? No! In fact, I don't know if it could have gone any better. My skin? I'm better? I would guess so. In truth, I'm not sure how the regeneration affected the cancer. It might have even exacerbated the symptoms. For the time being, however, you seem to be well. I feel really light. That's promising. Everything around me appeared sharper. Even my mind seemed to be operating like a well-oiled machine. It was like my brain had been a bicycle and now it was a Ferrari. I could tell I was processing faster, taking the details and sorting them better. What can I do? I've yet to start categorizing the results. For the time being, I'm playing a game of Battleship, creating what I can and logging the results. I hope to find the patterns and the factors at play given time. You're going to keep doing what you did with me? I'm going to find an alternative as soon as possible. The risks are too high at present. You understand that what I have is valuable, and every time I approach a potential patient, I face the possibility that I'm going to be exposed. They'll stop you? They'll try. I have her to guard me, but I'd rather work without interference. So, what do we do now? What do I do? I have ideas. Would you object to accompanying me for some time? I could use another bodyguard. I don't even know what I do. Nor do I. But I think it would be a bad idea for you to return home. I walked across the empty building. By the time I reached the other end, I was floating, my feet not even touching the ground. I set my hands on the wall and crushed it in my hands. It should have ruined my skin, but it hadn't. I used to be a shadow of a person, barely there. Now I'm something more in every single way. Alexandria. I waited as Contessa adjusted her cape, then strode through the door. The doctor was there, of course. Professor Manton, too. The boy with the math powers was there, standing next to a boy who was staring off into space. She's young. She's also one of my best yet. I've heard of her. Los Angeles. You took down Strongarm and Mongler. It was impressive. Thank you. She's as strong as any parahuman we've recorded, flies at speeds that match your own legend, near-perfect memory retention, accelerated processing, and learning. It's more typical of heroes to wear brighter colors. It conveys a more positive image. Black's more utilitarian, harder to see in the dark. And it's easier to get the blood out. Do you get a lot of blood on your costume? I hit really hard. Okay, well, it's nice to meet you, Alexandria. But I'm not sure I see the point in this, Doctor. You each committed to assisting my enterprise in exchange for the powers I could grant. Yeah? Now, I have two things I'd like you to consider. The first is... Well, you could consider it a new arrangement. All right. I can keep an open ear. What's your proposal? It's not my proposal. Alexandria? This room, I would argue, contains the most powerful parahumans in the world. Cyan accepted. The, the good you accomplish is undeniable, even if villains outnumber the heroes. Powers could come to, a benefit, uh, could come to benefit the world in the long run. A golden age, if you will. But we know that trigger events tend to produce damage disturbed and unbalanced indiv individuals. Any traumatic event will do that, and a trauma punctuated by the acquisition of superpowers is going to leave a lasting impression. Trigger events produce more villains. We know this. And I'm producing more heroes than villains. For now, the proportion favors us, and you've been able to keep the criminal element in line, for the most part. 
But even as I expand my operations, I have come to the realization that I can only produce so much, and the rate of parahuman growth is expanding. The next 20 years are projected to produce a total number of 650,000 people with powers worldwide. I've looked at the numbers, at the growth, the trends, checked and double-checked them. Even if the rate decreases, we're gonna get outpaced hard. The people with trigger, ev with trigger events are gonna outnumber the doctor's clients and we'll wind up with three to ten villains for every hero that steps forward. A recurring worry is that as much as I've been able to gift you four with exemplary abilities, we could see e other threats of comparable power. Is there any evidence of this? You haven't explained how you create the powers, but what you've said leads me to believe that you're producing something purer than what everyone else gets. Perhaps. But the purer something is, the more fragile it becomes. You know there's a possibility that the formula can become tainted, giving inhuman characteristics to the unfortunate subjects. This is despite the most sterile conditions. I'm improving the results over time with Professor Manton's help, but there are no guarantees. The point we're getting around to is that even if the doctor can get better results with time and effort, the explosion in the natural parahuman population is inevitably going to produce an individual with powers that outstrip our own. So we lose in the long run. No, Adilon, because I'd like to propose a solution. A, a way to assert control. I want to band together, form a team. There's already teams forming. Yes, we'd be powerful, influential, but I don't see how that addresses the problems. Simple. We do what the government's been pushing for. We regulate. We follow their stipulations and regulations. That sounds like a horrendously bad idea. Well, it's if, because it's, you know, it's if it was just the four of us together, we could afford to push back if they push too hard, and they'd know that. And just by being there, we could make uh, the project attractive enough to bring others in. And how does this benefit you, Doctor? It doesn't. Not directly. That's why this is Alexandria's proposal. But we could send some of our clients to you. Happier clients are better for business. And you'd want to be in charge, Alexandria? No. I think you were a hero would be better ch a better choice. Uh, to portray a kind of face and a positive image, you do wear the colorful costumes. Not Eidolon? Uh, he's too powerful. I'm not saying either of you aren't, but we wouldn't be able to convey the impression that it's the government in control of th these heroes if Eidolon was front and center. You've given this a lot of consideration. More than a little. I had an eight-stage plan to incorporate parahumans into society. I've also researched and developed plans for marketing and monetizing capes. America's the most powerful country in the world. It's a capitalist nation, first and foremost. We'll use that to our advantage. Seems to be getting away from the idea of doing good deeds for the sake of doing good deeds. It is, but that's inevitable. Our generation's growing up. Uh, couple that with the explosion in parahuman numbers, and this situation threatens to get well out of control. We need structure and organization if we're going to keep things intact. There's no guarantee your plan will survive contact contact with government. Uh, there's one guarantee. What's that? I'm estimating that it'll take at least five years to establish this plan nationwide. In that span, we'll start with only a few groups in the large cities. We'll gradually and gratefully accept involvement and oversight from the government and law enforcement. We'll create a subgroup for miners with powers so we can strictly structure the environment and development. Those are the key points. That gives me time to address your doubts. Again, how? Well, I expect we'll be able to employ the remainder of the plan, the eight-step integration of parahumans with the public, because I will be in a position of power in the government. I, my civilian self, 
can be in charge of the government-sponsored he- superhero teams within about eight years. There's too many holes in that plan. People will wonder why Alexandria and your secret identity aren't in the same place at once. There is more than one solution for that. Uh, for one thing, I can work faster and better than my unpowered peers. Uh, for another, the doctor thinks she can find a suitable body double with similar powers before the deadline. I designed this costume to be elegant without being attention-getting. No color, as you pointed out. I don't seek leadership of the team. Instead, I will content I will content myself with working to guide legislation to where we need it. It seems so manipulative. Everything people feared we'd be doing. Well, I have booklets of paperwork you can look over, all the math, all the projected issues for the future, and all of my proposals and plans. You don't have to give me an answer right away, but just please consider it. And I think it goes without saying that everything said in this room stays in this room. Good. Thank you. There's one more thing I would like to show you. If you'll accompany me, Contessa, guide Doormaker for us. My god. He gained a very valuable set of powers, but there was an unfortunate effect on his perceptions. He sees too much at once. He's effectively blind and deaf. He agreed to work for me in exchange for care and comfort. I will be locating my operations from this coastline. Doormaker will shuttle you to and from my base in the future. Where is it? Another Earth. Like Earth Aleph? What, the one Haywire opened the portal to? In some respects, yes. My assistant will hand you the booklets Alexandria prepared for her project. Doormaker will then take each of you home in turn. Thank you. You didn't tell them about our long-term goals. No. There's issues that have to be addressed first. We've already discussed several. Is there anything I can do? You have your end of the project. I feel they'll come around. Focus on that. I'll handle the projected issues on my side of things. Just need to find the right individual. Someone I can groom, perhaps. Between you and I, one of us is bound to succeed. Your two years are up in three months. Will you be returning to your family? Oh, I nearly forgot. I've been so busy. It might do you good to see them. Maybe. Good. I do expect you'll return? Yeah, of course. The clawed hand speared towards the sky, followed by an arm the size of an oak tree. I could feel the impact rippling through the air. Forty-five feet tall at the very least, he climbed forward with from underground. His skin was crusted with black stone that might have been obsidian, layers of what might have been cooled magma sloughing off of him. A single red eye glowed from the gap between two horns. His entire body seemed designed to be a weapon. The rest of the protectorate was present, and the local heroes, the mythics. It somehow didn't feel like enough. A whirlwind blast of sand ripped past them. Kevis stumbled back, collapsed, blood pouring from his ears. The man ignited from the inside out, flame and smoke pouring from every orifice as he was turned into a burned out husk in a matter of seconds. A lightning bolt flashed from the tip of Behemoth's claw, arching around me and striking one of my subordinates between le- before leaving only the smell of ozone. I flew in close, trying to knock him off balance. I was slammed against the ground, the sl- sand turning to glass around me. I flew back and out of the way until I had air, until I could breathe again. The heroes were beating a hasty retreat as the thing advanced, slow and implacable. Shit! Guys, back home! Say we're close to some major oil fields. Ediolon's makeshift walls collapsed and more heroes fell, bleeding from heavy internal damage. Dumb luck had created a parahuman as dangerous as what the doctor could create by design. Fire sound, 
lightning, and he hit me harder than he should have, even being as big as he is. Kinetic energy, too. I, I didn't know how to combat it, but I knew we didn't have a choice. I threw myself back into the thick of the fight. I, Alexandria, do solemnly affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, and that I will obey the orders of the President of the United States and the orders of the Director appointed over me, according to the regulations of the PRTCJ. You do us proud. Thank you, Mr. President. I'll give my all. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce the founding members of the Protector of the United States of America. How did you find me? You of all people should be aware of our resources. With our latest success, locating you wasn't difficult. I see. Some new thinker, I would assume. But why would you still need me? What did what you did was reckless, stupid. My heart goes out Spare to you. Spare me the fake consolations, hero. I'm well aware of how little you cared about her, about me. Then explain why I'm standing here, talking to you. This isn't an execution, Will. You made a mistake, breached our trust. But there are so some of us who still view you as a valuable ally, who would be willing to forgive you if you just... Uh, somebody grabbed me from behind their grip seemingly immovable. I could feel my armor being crushed by in their hands. You'll see, I have allies of my own now. Hello, hero. Uh, Audrey? Powers aside, you've always been a fool, Joshua, but even you wouldn't be short-sighted enough to think the abomination with a hand around your throat is my daughter. The poor girl is likely still in your custody. Tell me, what are you doing to the child? Or perhaps you've already tossed her aside to terrorize one of the doctor's little toy worlds. What? What, what do you want from me? What I want is to have my daughter back in my arms again. <laughs> but I, what I want is irrelevant now, isn't it? I suppose I'll sell for the next best thing. To be left alone. To not have you or Rebecca or Daniel or any of our, no, any of her creations enter my sight ever again. We have no more interest in working with you. No more interest in your experiments or machinations. For the company you provided me during those years, I'll spare you this one time. You're too valuable to her to lose without retribution. I, on the other hand, can likely be replaced by any number of other gullible eggheads searching for a new world order. Oh, I just don't, I just want to know why. If you don't already understand, further parlay is worthless. Leave now and know that if anyone returns, you will be the first to perish by my hand. We've got her cornered? think so. We've got teams covering the drainage and plumbing below the building, and the entire place is surrounded. She hasn't tried to leave. Why not? She has a victim. Legend, you'd better be fucking kidding me or I swear. Stop, Alexandria. It was the only way to guarantee she'd stay put. If we moved too soon, she'd run, and it would be a matter of time before she racked up a body count elsewhere. Then let's move. The sooner the better. We're trying an experimental measure. It It's meant to contain, not kill. Drive her towards the main street. We have more trucks over there. Siberian was there, kneeling on the bed, her arms slick with blood up to the elbows. The man who lay on the bed, there would be no saving him, even if Ediolon manifested healing abilities. We'd as underestimated the opponent. My fist collided with a Siberian and didn't budge her a hair. I flew out of the way before Siberian could strike back. 
I fired a beam at Siberian, but the stripped woman didn't even flinch. She was invincible on a level that surpassed even Alexandria. I cast out a cluster of crystals that exploded into formation around Siberian on impact, encasing her. Siberian shrugged it off like it was nothing, lunged forward, going after me. I dove to intervene, to guard my teammate, but Siberian was faster. When she pulled her arms free, she nearly bisected Hero. No! Siberian leaped, at, leaped after Eidolon as he ran to grab Hero, missed only because I shot them to alter their trajectory. The ensuing moments were frantic, filled with screams, filled with <laughs> screamed orders and raw terror. Alexandria chased Siberian to try to scoop bystanders out of the way to catch the PRT vehicles that Siberian flung like wiffle balls. I was trying to heal Hero to teleport people out of the danger with Alexandrian legend provided on table and changing up the abilities every few seconds to throw something new at Siberian in the hopes that something would affect her. She waded through zones of altered time, through lightning storms, force fields, tore through barricades of living wood and shaped aside projectiles so hyper-dense that its gravitational field pulled cars behind it. I moved in close, hoping to stop Siberian, to catch her and slow her down. Saw Siberian swing, pulled way back out of the way. And then I felt the blood. Saw in one remaining good eye the chunks of her own face that were falling to the ground around her, bouncing off her right breast, the spray of blood. It hadn't been so long since she'd felt pain. He's the one behind Siberian. How? Why? I don't know what predicated it. His daughter's in our custody, one of our failures. He gave his daughter the formula? Without the usual preparations and procedures? I suppose he thought he was qualified to oversee all that, despite my strict instructions that staff weren't to, to partake, or he'd have had other motivations. It could have been a gift from a father to try to buy his daughter's affection. Or her forgiveness. He gave his daughter one of our higher quality formulas, and she couldn't handle it. When he'd realized what he'd done, realized that he couldn't hide it from us, he took one formula and fled. What did Legend, Eidolon, and, um, what did they say? They don't know. I suppose we should tell Eidolon. He reacted badly when his powers informed him of our other plans and projects. How, how do we stop him? The sample he took, F1611. It tends to give protection powers. I suspect his real body is unchanged, but I'm wondering if we shouldn't leave him be. So long as he's active, people will be flocking to join the Protectorate. No! I will not condone the loss of life for your ulterior motives! I will not let monsters walk free to profit from the fear they spread! You're right. I must be more shaken by Manton's betrayal than I thought. Forget I said anything. You realize what this means, don't you? That we're no longer doing more good than evil? No. I still feel we're working for the forces of good. Uh -huh. This means we simply need to step up our plans. If we're going to forward with the Terminus project, we're going to... We need to advance the overall efforts with Cauldron. And we need the Protectorate effort to succeed on every count. Or we need your project to work out. Or that. We still have to find the right individual. Or make him. Oh, in a leadership position. Hero said the same thing, and I think we'll both agree that he was wrong. Okay, okay. I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not that I'm majorly grateful that you're giving me the pep talk, but, uh, you said you're in kind of a hurry, and I think we're done here. Compiling's done? I'd refine it further, try to give you some additional features, but the coding and the hardware I'm working with are so tightly structured that 
I think it'd do more harm than good. I think I understand what you mean. Thank you for this. It's already uploaded? Yeah, it was my pleasure, really. I'm going to go then. You and I should talk again sometime. You can tell me if you've figured out your specialty and if you're leading a team. Maybe the next time you're in Brockton Bay. <laughs> Maybe. I turned and opened a window, flying out, accelerating as my body transformed into a mass of light. I jettisoned out over the ocean, touching down on a remote oil platform. Legend, I thought you were occupied in Brockton Bay. Jack escaped. That's really unfortunate. Quite. Doctor, Alexandria, Eidolon, number man, Contessa. Jack escaped. What about the other nine? We suspect that Bonesaw and Siberian also escaped with Hookwolf as a new member of their group. It's unusual for you to show any interest in what's going on outside of the realm of your business and research. Any reason for the curiosity? Hard to keep track of what goes on beyond these walls sometimes. Uh, there are some things that concern me. Is this tied to why you came here today? Yes, let me begin by saying that there's apparently a precog in Brockton Bay that's pretty damn certain the world's going to end shortly. Precogs are notoriously unreliable. I tell many of my customers that when they express interest in seeing the future. You're right, most precogs are vague. They have to be because the future is vague. But all reports point to this precog being very specific. Jackslash was mentioned as the catalyst for an event that occurs in two years. More specifically, she said that this occurs if Jack escaped Brockton Bay alive, which he did. What do you mean when you say the world ends? 33 to 96% of the population dies in a very short span of time. I assume the aftermath of this scenario leads to more deaths in the long run. Depending on the circumstances of death, the demise of even one of the three individuals, one in three individuals, I should say, would lead to further casualties. Lack of staff for essential services in key areas, health, atmospheric and ecological effects, of decomposition of a, on a massive scale, destabilized societal infrastructure. The best case scenario is that Earth's population drops steeply over, the, over 20 years until it settles to a 48.6% of where it currently stands. 3 billion, 396, 91 million, 803,504, give or take. That's the best case scenario? It's unlikely it will occur. The bare minimum of people who would have to die, there couldn't be any bodies, and there wouldn't be anything left unattended that could cause uncontrolled fires or nuclear incidents. If I were to ballpark a number taking about, talking about events that could kill one-third to nearly all of the world's population, I'd say roughly 72% of the Earth's population are likely to die. More than half of the, those individuals would survive more, would, would survive would die over the following 20 years, and more than half of those who remain would die in 10 years following that, keeping in mind that those are estimates, of course. Of course. Precogs are unreliable. I'm surmising this girl doesn't know exactly how this occurs. No, her employer didn't say anything on the subject. We'll take measures. Evacuate. Also push for automatic shutdown controls on power grids and nuclear facilities. With the end ringers out there, it would be sensible to do it anyways. We can reduce the potential damage. Unless the numbers the precog provided are already accounting for us having the conversation and taking the extra measures. If she doesn't view the future, it's very possible she saw this meeting and everything that followed, in her manner of speaking. We'll do it anyways, of course.
Let's remember the numbers already pointed to an endgame situation at the 23-year mark. If the Endbringers continue doing the damage they've been doing at the current rate, things won't be sustainable. That's without considering the possibility that they achieve something big in the interim. You're saying we already f are facing the end of a world, an end of the world situation? And this is just accelerating the timetable? Yes. <sighs> Any measures we take are still vital. They'll help here with this scenario, but if it never occurs, it will still help against the Endbringers. Are we assuming that the Endbringers are at the core of this end of the world scenario? Likely, but let's not rule anything out. Provided this is really occurring. We can't afford to say it's not. You have precogs among your staff and customers. Some. I can ask them about this end of the world scenario. Good. Eidolon, you want to try your hand at it? If my power lets me, it only gives me what I think I need, not what I want. We need all the help we can get. Let's see if we can't figure out how this happens so we can stop or mitigate the damage. There's a lot of capes out there who, with the thinker classification, get the word out, call in favors, offer favors, anything to get more information on this. Speaking of great minds, there was another point I wanted to address. This came up during my stay in Brockton Bay. <coughs> Alexandria, I expect you've read the reports already. You didn't seem surprised when I talked about the precog and her end-of-the-world scenario. You've probably already read up on my notes. Yeah, I read what you provided, though I'm not sure what you're referring to specifically. Siberian. Oh. I'll explain for those of you who lack access to PRT records or the time to pursue them. Siberian is not a brute class cape. Siberian is a master, and the striped woman is a projection. I caught a glimpse of the man who's creating the projection before they retreated. And? And he had Cauldron's Mark tattooed on the back of his left hand, the a swan on his right. What? You don't think that was William Manton? But why was why, why the mark on his right hand? I don't know. It doesn't fit on a lot of levels. A top parahuman researcher becoming one of the nine? It happened to Alan. To Mannequin. There is nothing in the records. Nothing saying it wasn't present at any of the places the quarantine protocol um, where uh, was put into effect. He could have stolen someone's identity. True. We have confirmation of his... Confirmation he's alive. We suspected, We but made assumptions, and we're way off base. That's what concerns me. See, we've been going by the assumption that William Manton has been continuing his work, experimenting on human subjects, giving them powers with physical mutations as a side effect, then releasing the victims back into society with Cauldron's symbol tattooed on their bodies. Or at the very least, that's what you told us. You're implying I lied? I've looked at the timelines. They're not likely that William Manton could... It's not likely that William Manton could be conducting experiments to give some poor girl tentacles in Illinois at the same time Siberian's busy attacking people in Miami. We have no need for human experimentation. The number man can calculate the odds of success for a given formula. Maybe that's the case. But just who is conducting the experiments on human subjects? Who knows enough about Cauldron to tattoo or brand them with a mark while simultaneously having access to these kinds of resources? It's not us, and the dealer is in our custody now. And you don't know anything about how William Manton is connected in any of this. I'm as mystified as you are. If it would assuage your suspicions, you can examine this complex. You and I both know this place is far too large to explore in one lifetime. True. And if we were to surmise that you're the culprit here, there's nothing saying you couldn't have your 
door maker maintain a path to an alternate reality where you have captives stashed away, it would even explain why there haven't been any real missing persons cases that we can link to the case 53s. If you're simply snatching them from another reality and depositing them into our reality when you're done. I don't know what I can say to convince you. You trust me, don't you? I've tried myself in um, kinesics. I can look at a person's face and body language and know if they're lying. And I can tell you, uh, tell you the doctor's telling the truth. Right. We're okay then? I'm sorry to accuse you. It's understandable. This situation doesn't make a lot of sense. I can't add anything here, and my power is not volunteering anything that could help to solve this particular mystery. Guess we have yet another unanswered question on our hands. More than one. William Manton and his link to Siberian, that tattoo on his right hand, our end-of-the-world scenario, and the role Jack plays is the catalyst too many to count. None of this has to be addressed today. Why don't you go home? We'll consider the situation and come up with a plan and some likely explanations. Eidolon, you want another booster shot? Probably. Another Endbringer attack coming up. Best five in top form. I stood and left without a farewell, heading back to New York. I descended on the rooftop of the NYC Protectorate offices, loading Kidwin and Armsmaster software. I scanned the conversation. We have no need for human experimentation. The number man can calculate the odds of success for a given formula. <laughs> well, I detected. Who knows enough about Cauldron to tattoo or brand them with a mark while simultaneously having access to these kinds of resources. It's not us. Lie detected! And you don't know anything about William Manton or how he's connected to any of this? I'm as mystified as you are. Lie detected! I can tell you the doctor is telling the truth. Lie detected. I can't add anything here and my power's not volunteering anything that could help solve this particular mystery. I guess we have yet another unanswered question on our hands. Oh, bam! Lie detective! God damn it. A month or two. Either submerge or behemoth if they stick to pattern. The boosters aren't cutting it anymore. I'm getting weaker. Powers are taking longer to reach their peak and their maximum strength than what it used to be. If this keeps up, then I won't be able to offer anything during this end of the world scenario. We'll find a solution. You were too calm. I was worried you'd miss my warning. Very clever, burning the words into the paper in front of me. Thank you. Was I convincing? You managed to feign skepticism over this apocalypse scenario. Well, that's the most important thing. He's suspicious. He knows our suspects. Uh, we've been lying to him. He knows our, you know, suspects. Unfortunate. Will he expose us? No, I don't think he will. But he may distance himself from us to lower the number of opportunities we have to see his doubt for what it is. In the worst case scenario, we'll explain the circumstances, explain our plan. He won't like it. But he'll understand. If the Terminus Project is a success, the end of the world isn't a concern. And I believe we will succeed. Provided we come up with a solution to the bigger, more basic problems we're facing, or we'll simply find ourselves in the same circumstances after we've gone through all the trouble. The Protectorate is proving to be a failure on that front. Recent events haven't given me much hope in that regard. So that leaves only my end of things. Oil. And if he fails? Ever the pessimist. This revelation about the possible end of the world has decimated our project timeline. We don't have time to prepare or pursue anything further. And if we assist no. him? No. If we assist him, there's no point. In short, he doesn't even know it, 
but everything rests on his shoulders. We'll manage. Hey, folks, sorry oh. for a few technical difficulties. Um, hey. Anyway, yeah, th um, I, th I hope you all enjoyed this one. Uh, my name is Matt. Uh, I'm the one who adapted this, um, and I played Nilbog, Manton, and Marquis in this episode. Hi, I'm Chris. I played Legend and Coil. I'm Baron. I played Hero, Manpower, Two, Number Man, and the President of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, I'm Marin, and I already closed my tab, but I played, um, I Brandish, you. thank you, um, <laughs> Brandish, Pigo, and Siberian. Hi, I'm Mary Grace, and I played Alexandria, Panacea, um, uh, Evan, Evan and Kidwin. <laughs> hey, I'm Flora, uh, I played Doctor, Dragon, and Lady Photon. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Uh, bye bye! bye. 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 Oh, wait, no, wait, there's one last no, thing no. we gotta do. Oh, fuck, no. What? what? Happy. <laughs> fuck that shit.